0: Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Yeah.
1: Spider Man, Spider Man does whatever a Spider-Man can. Hello and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk. Uh, movies at this part. No. We're trying something a little bit new where we're going to be talking a little bit of a quickie on more recent movies that have come out. And this isn't going to be a beat by beat plot summary, but it's going to be more of just general impressions and talking about movies. And we're going to see where this goes. So, this is kind of your experimental episode. Um, and we'll see what happens there. So, I am Dan. And I'm Andrew. We are two friends who met over in South Korea teaching ESL. And we bonded over our love of horror movies and other movies. For this. And other yes. movies too. Yes, we want to we want to clarify that we're not some you know purist who only view horror movies as the most righteous form of media ever. No, we enjoy other movies too, and sometimes those movies are comic book movies. Shit, Andrew. Um, so there's this little known uh, company called Disney that has been releasing a whole bunch of Marvel movies over the past you know forever. And they're basically making a bajillion dollars over and over and over again. And the newest one is Spider-Man: Far From Home. It is 2019 superhero film it is the sequel to Spider-Man: Homecoming, uh, starring Tom Holland, Samuel Jackson, and Jake Gyllenhaal, along with a couple of other supporting cast like Zendaya, Colby Smothers, who is finally back in the MCU, uh, John Favreau, who is one of my favorite actors in the MCU, uh, director of the first Iron Man too. Love that first guy. 2 isn't it? Huh?
2: Did you do the second one as well?
1: Uh I believe so, yes. Yeah. Uh huh. I've loved him ever since Swinners. So oh, swingers. that's that. It was a good one. So yeah. Uh that is Spider Man. So, Andrew, general impressions of Spider Man Far From Home.
2: Yeah, so I thought we yeah, I we'd just do our general impressions before we uh, hop before we do into spoilers because
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know.
2: Don't want to ruin for yeah. people. Um but yeah. actually even yeah. before we go into that, uh Dan, I thought like we could talk kinda of talk about like what is your experience with the franchise? Like what is your uh, what's your experience with Spider Man with uh the first one? What do you think about those?
1: Um, for the long time, longest time, Spider Man has been probably one of my favorite superheroes, honestly. And I know it's the cliche thing to say, but I just. <sighs> superheroes have never been about a power fantasy for me. I enjoyed superheroes where we can actually see their struggle and we can relate to them on a human level. And I feel that Spider Man does that better than pretty much any other superhero. He is not someone who's got millions upon millions of dollars or is invulnerable to everything or has uh, these incredible techniques and powers to overcome his odds. No, he's just some scrawny little kid from Queens who gets bit by a spider, and he still struggles. He still struggles to pay rent. He still struggles with his relationships. He still struggles with his aunts. And I always felt that extra dimension added on to him. I really, really liked a lot more. In terms of his movies and what he's been in, um, the Sam Raimi movies, loved at the time. They still mostly hold up, but they're very much a product of, one, that early 2000s time, and two, how Sam Raimi tends to film his stuff. Sam Raimi, everything he does is just coated with cheese. Um, Although, I really, really wish that Bruce Campbell slash Mysterio payoff would have happened later on. That would have been awesome. That would have been amazing. And speaking of that, the Amazing Spider-Man sequels by Sony, um, not that great. Not that great. I didn't like the first one. I liked Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker. I liked um, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. I thought she was good as that. But it very much felt like a retread and it really didn't offer anything new, especially the sequel, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Electro. Um, I thought the villain's motivation was extremely weak in that one. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, it was it was not fun at all. I didn't like it. So when the Sony leaked emails happened, did you ever read those? The Sony leaked emails. The
2: ones were talking about canning Garfield.
1: Um, because he didn't show up of. to
2: that. Uh, he didn't show up for that event.
1: That is one part of it right there. But did they ever hear about the fellow kids where one of the Sony executives was talking about how they could make Spider Man relate to the younger millennial crowd a little bit more?
2: No, I haven't heard about that.
1: Oh, there was this one email that took place, um, basically said, hey, so these kids, they're really into EDM, so maybe we can include a scene in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 where, like, Spider-Man's doing a charity event where he, like, DJs an EDM event or something. And oh, the what kids the are fuck? kind of bapping back and forth. And, you know, Spider-Man, he's really flexible, so I'm sure he can dance along to that really well. And there's another one that says, oh, and these uh, millennials, too, they really like Snapchat, so maybe, like, Spider-Man could have his own private Snapchat circle, and it would be so fresh to get them all in to be included in the private Snapchat circle, and that's what everyone wants. It's a very exclusive club, and if you're in, you're in. Yeah, these are actually emails written by like 50-year-old executives that again, hello fellow kids um, trying to relate to the millennials. But anyway, after North Korea hacked Sony and went through all of their emails and released them to the world, then Sony realized, hey, maybe we should strike some sort of deal with the MCU, with Disney, because they have pockets full of money. So the deal they struck with it, which I believe, quote me if I'm wrong on this one, um, all profits from any standalone Spider-Man movies go to Sony. I believe so. However, Spider-Man can't appear in any crossover films such as Civil War or Endgame or Infinity War.
2: I I um, think it was I think the deal was three they would they he would appear in three crossover movies and then they would help direct three Spider Man movies it was kinda of the trade. Yes.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. So that's what happened there. So Spider Man in the aptly titled Homecoming, which I just I love that title because one, it stars, you know, an actual high school homecoming in the movie, but also Spider Man's Hey finally coming home to the MCU. Oh uh, yeah Um that came on out. I really liked Homecoming. I thought Tom Holland, um really played a great Spider-Man, especially with the younger angle they are associated with it. He really did seem like a teenager, more so than Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. which Tobey Maguire did not seem like a teenager at all. And Andrew Garfield, he was, you know, he was fine, but he wasn't great about it. What is that?
0: Uh,
2: sorry, Lindsay's texting me. Uh,
1: okay, cool. We'll keep, add keep going. Out. Uh-huh. Uh, Yeah, so that was that. Um, I really liked Homecoming. I really liked how lower scale it was Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, how everything went back and forth. It wasn't a huge, oh, New York is going to be destroyed yet again. It was really just a villain who was wronged by Tony Stark, which is a very, very common theme in the MCU. Yeah, And it was a very personal stakes for Tom Holland on that one. So I really liked it. I also really liked how they didn't rehash the whole Uncle Ben story and instead made a father figure out of Tony Stark, which the payoff was very good after the events of Endgame. Um, so that was that. So I really liked Homecoming. What did you uh, think of in terms of what's your history with Spider-Man media?
2: Uh, the same kind of thing. Like I don't know I, I also grew up as a big fan of Spider-Man. Like I collected the comic books. I have like I had like a lot of action figures and stuff, and have like an encyclopedia of Spider-Man for some reason. I played like all the video games, with the PS One games and shit. Back mm-hmm. in the day. Um,
1: yeah, those P.S. One games were great.
2: Dude, right? They were, uh, uh-huh. Even Entra Electro was good. Um, yep. But yeah, I'm kind of the same boat. I thought the original trilogy was great. Um, I still watch it every now and then. I kind of, like, you know, the third one's obviously terrible. Um, uh-huh. And I had a lot of hope. Like, I remember when Andrew Garfield was first announced. I was so excited because, well, you know, it's bummed that the, the original series was ending, but I also liked Andrew Garfield because he was in Never Let Me Go, which is a great, sad movie. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought he did a really good job as Peter Parker. I thought he was a great Peter. Not necessarily Peter Parker from the comics, but his own kind of Peter. Yeah. Um, I thought he was kind of a dick as Spider-Man, but, you know, that's the writing mm-hmm. of him. Um, and I, I don't know. The first one I didn't actually want to see, I was kind of, like, written it off until one day I just went in and saw it, like, at the end of its theater run
0: mm-hmm. and was
2: surprised. Like, the villain was terrible, but I don't even remember the villain when I think of that, that movie, um, which I think was mm-hmm. part of the strength of it. I think the strength of that film was the characters and the characters bouncing off each other to the point that you forget the Lizard is even, like, a part of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Meanwhile, the second film, there are three villains, so, like, you can't forget that they're there. Um, yeah. Which is unfortunate, because I think, mm-hmm. again, the, the character stuff is good, but the villains are terrible. Yeah. Um, and, again, we got our buddy Dean DeHaan, and he's uh, terrible. <laughs> um, as per our uh, Chronicle discussion in uh, whatever that fucking movie we talked about.
1: Uh... Whatever, whatever thing
2: we talked about, Dean DeHaan and uh, Michael Trank, or... Oh, yeah,
1: Josh Trank. Josh yep. Trank.
2: Uh, anyway, call back to that. But, uh, yep. yeah, I liked him. Um, and, I, yeah, I agree. I thought Homecoming was pretty good. Um, it's a movie that I feel like I like, but I don't think about it very much. Like, if somebody asked me, like, was that a good movie? Like, yeah, it was a pretty good movie.
0: Mm-hmm. But, like,
2: it's not very really memorable as some of the others are. I feel like it's very mm-hmm. it's very good, but it's also very safe. Um, and I think, it, I think it was definitely a step in the right direction.
1: I wouldn't call it safe. I would definitely call it smaller scale. Like, it doesn't... Yeah, I guess I would call it safe. I was about to say it doesn't really break the MCU mold. It doesn't really do anything new or um, it kind of sticks to the same beats that a lot of the other MCU movies have done before. So I guess yeah, that would be considered safe.
2: But like but at the same time, like it, it works for Spider-Man. It's a new way to see Spider-Man as a yeah. as a character who has his powers and uh, you know, has this technology and is kind of figuring out how to use it and what kind of person he wants to be and mm-hmm. I think that was cool. I think uh it is an interesting transition from Civil War. I thought but um, yeah I thought it was a good, oh, that was a good movie um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of my issues with it kind of come up with this new movie I guess I suppose um, yeah. But yeah I really enjoyed it I enjoyed the cast characters I you know the the MJ thing I don't really care about it I, I kind of wish they just made her a different character honestly though it, it seems kind of weird to have mm-hmm. and, like I don't I don't get sh- like I get it that they're like oh man we already used Mary Jane so we used Gwen Stacy in the second one not to mm-hmm. Mary Jane and it's like she he dates other people like Mm -hmm. there's other characters that spider-man dates you didn't have to go back to mary jane and you know it would have been kind of cool to have like i don't know the development of a character where maybe he dates somebody in high school who he doesn't end up with at the end of the story and like he develops Mm -hmm. as a character into the future like i hope we haven't seen that in any of these kind of movies well i maybe thor a little bit when they kind of hinted at him and valkyrie but we haven't really seen the idea of a character developing and growing out of one relationship into the next one um so that would have been kind of cool uh and I'm curious what's going to happen with some of the characters, like flashing them. Like, I'm interested to see what's going to develop out of them, if they will develop them at all. Like, I think that's one of my kind of big questions with the franchise currently, is will these side characters who they name? Like, Ned Leeds is a pretty big character in the comics. So I'm kind of like, is mm-hmm. is he going to be his character, or is he just... Did you guys just basically put Genki in there? And I think that was actually one of my biggest problems with Homecoming, is they stole Miles Morales' story. It's basically this, Miles Morales' original comic run in... Um, the Ultimate Comics. If you, ever, yep. if you ever, If you ever read those, it's basically Miles Morales.
1: They are wonderful. Yep. Like
2: and and fucking Ned Leeds is just Genki. Like he's a fat Asian kid. You're like, oh, it's it's Genki, and mm-hmm. you're like, who likes building fucking Legos and shit? And You're just like, wow, guys. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like way to kind of cut the you know cut out Miles Morales. Which, is, but then again, Spider Spider Verse ended up being amazing. So yeah, that was
1: I a- was just about to say, you know, it's yeah they did make reference to Miles Morales, uh, Donald Glover or not. John Glover, yeah, does play um, Aaron Davis, who's Miles Morales' uncle, and they do make a passing mention to, hey, my nephew lives in this town. So Miles Morales does exist in this MCU universe, but they don't really make mention of him at all beyond that. And I remember when I saw that, because I was a huge, huge, huge fan of Miles Morales during his Ultimate Spider-Man run. Honestly, I think the first hundred or so issues of Ultimate Spider-Man are peak Spider-Man. I absolutely love it. Um,
2: well, you mean the Miles Morales issue? You mean the original? The original,
1: original Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay, Ultimate the, the, the Spider-Man. I really one? like that too. But the Miles Morales run is yeah. very, very good too, and I absolutely adore that character. Yeah. So I'm really happy, like you, that they came out with Spider Verse because Spider Verse was incredible. But
2: and actually, in yep. retrospect, they fucking even like stole the death of his hero figure.
1: Yeah. Like, damn
2: it, you took everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus, fuck Sony, like. Or like and Marvel, like wait way to like way, way to just take that entire thing. Like Jesus, I yep. didn't I didn't even realize that. That like yeah, Iron <laughs> Man is is his Peter Parker in this case. Uh huh. Damn it. Damn it, movie. You're the worst. Like
1: So yeah, that it. was that. Um, in terms of other Spider Man homecoming too, I really, really liked... The villain, the Vulture. Oh. They put a new spin on it. And that's where I feel the MCU's strength lies, not only because the films are mostly consistent. They don't often break new grounds, but they break the hell out of old grounds, and they do a great job with keeping it tonally consistent. Um, and there's very few stinkers in the MCU, in my opinion. But the Vulture, what I really loved about him is the fact that, yeah, the... Um, The decisions and the choices and the actions that the other characters made in previous movies affected this movie right here. Mm -hmm. So we're able to see the fallout, and it makes just the world feel so much more lived in and so much more intertwined and complex than it was. And I think by the time Far From Home rolls around, there are five villains that Tony has created. There's um, Obadiah Stane from Iron Man 1. Mm there's the Mandarin from Iron Man 2, there's, um, what's his name from Iron Man 3? Kilgrave? Kill, the villain. Kilgrave, yeah. From Iron Man 3, there's the Vulture, and then there's also Mysterio as well. Oh, you, and there's Ultron yeah, too. So there's
2: Ultron, do you, do you consider him to have created Whiplash? That, that'd be his yeah. father
1: more, I suppose. Yeah, I guess that is a, more of his father. Okay, so we got five villains. And maybe, but,
2: well, what about Hammer? Do you consider Hammer? Like, well, yeah, He didn't really create Hammer. Hammer, Hammer, Hammer. was kind of his own thing, but he wanted to use the drones he wanted mm-hmm. to use uh create something I don't know he's he's kind of I guess he kind of is, they're both kind of of themselves i i suppose yeah
1: yeah, but yeah, so that was homecoming I really liked homecoming um it was great, so this one I was interested in seeing far from home because it's the one that closes out the infinity saga of the m c u and we've got spider man we've got samuel jackson we've got uh duh, 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 duh. You know, we've got all these characters, and its I've always heard as it came on in that it was going to serve as an epilogue to the Infinity Saga. Mm. So, are we ready to get into spoiler territory about Spider-Man Far From Home? Well,
2: first, let's give our hot takes for just anybody who they can turn it off after that.
1: Okay, sounds good. Um, I liked it. Go see it. Okay, okay, great. All right. Uh, <laughs> I
2: enjoyed it, but I have a lot of reservations. Okay. So, go see it, because it's a good movie. Uh-huh. But... I was disappointed.
1: Okay. So we're going to talk about that in just a bit. So now we're going to get into spoiler territory right here. So if you haven't seen Far From Home, shut this off or pause it and pop it back up on your drive home, on, back home from the theater. So, Spider Man Far From Home. This is the second film, um, well, second standalone film with Tom Holland as Spider Man. And this one is set after the events of Infinity War, where Endgame. the snap has. Uh, I'm sorry, Endgame. Oh, technically Infinity War 2. Oh, fuck
2: um, yeah. <laughs> Technically, The Hulk. But we're not talking about that shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so Tom Holland uh, has been snapped as long with most of his classmates, and he comes back after five years after the events in Endgame happen, and Iron Man wins, and Iron Man dies. Mm. Um, so it's basically a movie kind of him rediscovering himself and after his father figure has died, and also figuring out how to survive back in society mm-hmm. after he's been gone for five years and the world has kind of left him and a whole bunch of other people behind. Um, and he, most of the movie takes place on a class trip where they basically do a little European vacation traveling all over where they stumble across a man named Mysterio who is here to basically say he's from an alternate dimension and he's facing elemental threats and they need to help him out, otherwise the Earth will be destroyed yet again. So, I'm not going to uh, summarize the whole plot, but Andrew, um, what do you think of Spider-Man Far From Home?
2: Uh, again, you know, I, I, ha- I went in, and I think you're going about this and I'll go into it more as we get into the movie, but like, I, the way the movie was pitched and what I was expecting the movie to be was a lot different than it was. Okay. Um, I thought that it would, the consequence of Endgame and the, and the emotional impact on Peter was going to be a lot more of the story than it was. And I, mm-hmm. I felt that, in my mind, I kind of built up a canon of the story and what was going to happen, and it, that it was going to be a story about loss. And it didn't. It wasn't really. And the moments where they do touch on it felt very fleeting to me. Um mm-hmm. and again, something I'll, I'll talk about more as we go through it. Uh, but yeah, that, that was kind of... It disappointed me because I thought that it could have told a much better story than it did. I think okay. it just kind of like what like I feel with Homecoming, I think it did take the safe story and didn't really dig into lost depression and kind of like what happens after this like the state of anomie that could be created after loss with father figure after facing the you know the monumentous threat like if we think about iron man 3 iron man was you know scarred by the fact that he had to he fucking almost like what about like spatial like you know the universe opened up to him basically essentially right like mm-hmm. and peter not only faces that but also faces non-existence And comes out Mm -hmm. pretty fine. Um, And so do a lot of characters. And it Mm -hmm. seemed kind of weird to me. Um,
1: So basically what you're saying is there's two forms of grief in this movie that Peter didn't really experience. One, the loss of his father figure, Tony Stark, in the events of Endgame. And two, the mental trauma of the snapping and returning to... Society after all that happened.
2: Yeah, well, and I feel like they tried to address the father figure thing, but I just think they could have done it a lot better. And we can talk about that mm-hmm. later
1: once we get to those kind of scenes. Okay,
2: but yeah, how about yourself?
1: Yeah, okay. Um, I really liked it. it. One of the biggest complaints, one of the or what, not the complaints, but one of the biggest things I wanted to see in the MCU is how did the effects of uh, the snap affect people who were not. Iron Man, not big superheroes who didn't know what they were, was going on. You know, how did the Everyman deal with that? And we don't get a ton of that in this movie, but we do get quite a little bit. Like, there's one scene near the beginning where they're in the basketball court, and <laughs> half the team suddenly just disappears And then they zoom in five years later, and the basketball court is – someone's playing a game on the basketball court. Or there's a marching band playing, and then the basketball players just suddenly get snapped right back in on the court, and they all run into each other. Like, stuff like that.
2: Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? What do you think about that explanation of what happened?
1: I I mean, I felt it fits. I really liked that we got a visual of an every person being brought back to life and how that worked. Yeah, I'm sure it would involve mass chaos, but – well, they've been dealing with people being snapped out of existence for five years. It's What happens to kinda... people who
2: are, like, in airplanes or were in, like, situations <gasps> where, like, bad... Sh- like, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like we never really addressed that. The fact that, like, if pilots snapped away on an airplane, those people are dead.
0: Mm-hmm. If people,
2: oh, yeah. If people snapped away...
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: first off, people, the people not, those pilots are dead. And yeah. if the, the people who were snapped away while they are in the air, did they return to the air? Like... I, I and I, I guess my own de- de- defense of that is maybe when the Hulk snapped, his idea was I want everybody to return to the way they were. Everybody returned yeah. back to where they were, but mm-hmm. safe. So maybe like you know yeah. the pilots are on the ground.
1: But that's what I. But the impression I got too. Be, I mean, he was very very much struggling to. You know when Thanos snapped. You know he's got an axe in his chest, but he was just like I want to snap away half the population completely random. Don't care who. Bam. Whereas Hulk, he was really trying to think about it, and he was really struggling to think about it. And not only that, he told Hawkeye, he said, I tried to beat Natalie back, but I just, I couldn't. It was too much, um, or not too much, but he just, there was some reason. So it seemed like he put a lot of thought into making sure everyone was back, everyone was safe, and channeling all that power in there. That's the explanation I got. Okay, I I'm I sure, uh-huh. That's what I did, and then Iron Man at the very end of Endgame when he snaps, it was a very quick one. But that was again disappearing everyone. Yeah, that was just like so, Thanos and your forces yeah. get the fuck out of
2: here. Yeah. Which makes me wonder and- then how did how is Gamora not snapped? Because Gamora's still there. He doesn't. He doesn't know who Gamora oh. is, so he has no. Right- yeah, he
1: doesn't know who Gamora is. She does was at that time part of his army. Hmm. I don't know, Nebula doesn't get snapped either, but he does know Nebula at the time. Well no
2: no, that um, that nebula's dead. Hmm? That nebula's dead.
1: Yeah. Okay. That is true. Huh. Maybe, maybe he maybe, just uh, specifically said, Yeah, I want all Chinatari and Thanos to be snapped. Or
2: maybe, and... maybe it was like uh maybe it's like an intention where it's like maybe he said like I want all of my enemies, like all the enemies who are attacking, and since she was since she rebelled, she was an enemy unless she hmm. kind of got off that list.
1: Yeah. Hmm. No, you make me think about that. Damn. What
2: is the razor? What is Occam's razor here? What is the... Uh
1: (laughs) Uh-huh. What is the cutoff point? What is the, okay, good guy, bad guy? Yeah. yeah, And are all chatari
2: bad? What if some of them are like, you know, like Finn in in, Uh uh, Star Wars? And he's like, I don't want to be here. (laughs) 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 This shit fucking sucks. Yeah. My entire race.
1: (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, so back to Home... (laughs) Or back to Far From Home. Uh... Yeah, I, I thought the first couple moments, especially the <laughs> the amazing tribute video oh, was, to Iron was, Man that was and beautiful. Vision. That was That was amazing. With Whitney Houston and the low JPEG resolution photo of Vision that's just a grainy as hell. Oh, that was so, so perfect high school. Actually... I, I, I liked that. Th- I liked that we finally were able to see a little bit of society and how it affected everyone.
2: And what did you think of... Um- what do you think of the inclusion of Captain America in that? Is he in their universe? Is he dead? Is he just chilling yes. out? Like, I Or does the public just he's, think he's dead?
1: I, I assume the public just think he's dead. I assume the public at that point, Captain America just says, yeah, I put in my time. I've saved the world numerous times. I'm out of this business. I'm done. I just want to live my life with Peggy. Which also Peggy's dead. brings in. Hmm? Peggy's dead. Yeah, Peggy's dead by this point, but he's you know lived for that point. Also, that tells me too. Um, do you think Captain America, when he went back and at the end of Endgame to live with Peggy, he like warned her about all the shit that was going to happen, like about the Korean War and Vietnam and all that, and the Cold War.
2: That's like that's a, that's a huge question. Like I don't know. Uh-huh. But a lot of people say that like it's character assassination either way, mm-hmm. um, but because like, you know a lot of people are like, well, either like. He lets the world happen, um, which would be you know the 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 kind of bystander thing, or he mm-hmm. doesn't, which people say Captain America wouldn't have happened, and like I don't know. I feel like to him at some in some, I feel like to him, in the character he's been part of his hero's journey was realizing that he could stop, and so I hope he didn't just for him. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm hoping like I know it's kind of a shitty thing to do, but I hope that like. One, he you know he's been fighting for since you know the fucking World War Two. Like I feel like his character arc is him accepting the fact that he can have a life and enjoy it.
1: Yeah, he can you know kind of call it quits and say I've done enough. I don't want any more of this, and I just want to relax and I want to enjoy the time I have left, which he bought himself a whole lot more time. So yeah, I
2: thought that like, yeah, I, that's my hope. I hope that like, uh-huh. like a lot of people are like, oh man, he let Bucky and you know, all this shit and like, uh-huh. yeah, I get it. Like, <laughs> but in the end, things turned out. He deserves low-ish. a retirement. Like you know. Like, sucks those bystanders and stuff, like, people who died. But, like, in the end, mm-hmm. you know, he... As far as he's concerned, the world is safe. Yep. And, like, you know, he also understands that, you know, you can't fight every war. He says that at one point. One thing. He says, you know, you can't fight every war, but if it's in front of you, then you can then deal with it. And mm-hmm. hopefully this wasn't in front of him.
1: Yep. All right. Uh, but back to Spider-Man, though. Um, so we got that. So where do we want to go from here? Do we want to talk about how... Um, let's talk about Spider-Man's character okay. at this point and kind of how he develops into this part right here. So once again, Spider-Man's experiencing two points of grief in this film. He's experiencing one, the fact that all of his classmates basically got snapped away and they came on backs so and now he's got to repeat high school all over again or that very, at least that year. Yeah. And two, dealing with the fact that he was brought back and then he immediately fought, he immediately saw his father figure died and now he has to deal with it. Mm. Um, And I guess we'll talk about Tony a little bit first because I honestly really liked how this film is handling Spider-Man and Tony's relationship.
0: Hmm.
1: There's this scene later on in the movie where Peter has lost a fight, he's completely beat up, Happy comes, picks him up, and he goes into the plane and he starts building the suits um, to replace the suit that he got destroyed. And (laughs) Happy puts on the music uh, back in black and... Uh, by ECDC, and uh, Peter Parker goes, oh, I love Led Zeppelin, which is just a perfect joke. It's one of my favorite lines in the movie. But the whole scene is supposed to be a parallel to Tony making his original suit with the box of scraps in the cave at the very beginning of Iron Man 1. And I really like it. I really like how they replaced Uncle Ben with Tony Stark in the MCU. I didn't want another rehash of Uncle Ben, even though, you know, I understand that Uncle Ben is a very, very important person in the Spider-Man mythos, but putting that own spin on it, I really liked. Hmm. what do you think of it?
2: Okay, so, all right, it's a part of my disappointment with Endgame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so, I don't know if you know about this about me, um, but yes. the audience here, like, I love sad shit. Like, I feed off of it. Like, I want depressing stories. I want characters, like, broken up about shit so Mm -hmm. um at the end when tony stark died it was such a quick kind of like it's okay you can go on now and like i was pissed i wanted like a long drawn out like goodbye like heart-wrenching like you know people were like man it's so sad when tony died i was like no fuck that shit that was tame (laughs) like i was pissed Mm -hmm. like literally like that movie could have like soared to the top of my list had they had like a sad death scene um yeah, and I, I didn't. And I, didn't um, I
1: remember that. it was Robert Downey Jr.'s idea for Endgame. He said, "You know what? Why don't we just do it where Tony has absolutely no dialogue whatsoever during his death scene?" But I disagree with that. I think he should have said some parting well, words. Well, I don't think
2: he needed to say anything. I just, I just thought like the uh-huh. the way it was done was weird. Like, like again, like they shoved they shoved Spider Man in the front of that shit because you know we ship that relationship, which is great. I think it's I think it was a great mm-hmm. decision, um, but. Uh, like, you know, we have him, like, pushing in front of Tony's fucking wife <laughs> to be like, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark. It's like, yo, kid, like, uh-huh. we get it, but, like, holy shit, like, you're being an asshole right now. <laughs> um, like, really, there's, there's people around him who know him much better. You've met him, like, three times. Uh, like, like,
1: hey, he's been snapped. He's been through a lot. I,
2: oh, he, like, but being snapped doesn't do anything to you. Like, theoretically, being snapped is like, oh, shit, what happened? You
1: pop out, pop back in. He's like,
2: one minute I was on the ground, the next minute I was standing up. Holy shit! Like I don't know about that. I don't don't know if that was the worst thing ever. Um, But anyway, so I feel like we come out of that, um, and the trailers, everything promoted this as, uh, you know, it's Spider-Man's like dealing with the grief of Tony Stark. Um, Mm -hmm. And we get a little bit of that. We get that scene where he like fly like where he goes away from the press conference um, and has that little kind of panic attack and sees Tony. Um, And it it's weird because it's a movie. But it felt like it was telling me a lot that Peter is hurt by Tony and not showing me. Like, mm-hmm. when it shows me, it's very explicit. And it's these powerful images, which they showed in the trailers. Which, again, is, I'm just like, you guys baited me. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there's people asking him, like, hey, what's it like being the new Tony Stark? And it's like, why the fuck would you assume he's going to be the new Tony Stark? Who would, who would think that? Like, mm-hmm. of anybody.
1: Um... I would disagree with that. I would say and this is something that the movie puts forward too, that the death of Tony has left a void oh, no, I, in this universe. I completely agree. And I think it's just kind of people reaching out for anything and they understand that, hey, the Spider Man guy is someone that, you know, Tony helped train for a little bit. How do they know and that? It's some someone that has a lot of personality and similarities to Tony. He's another, you know, techie guy. Um but, and I'm assuming Spider-Man has been going through like a little bit of promo tours back and forth. I mean, he does at the beginning of this movie when he's working for charity. Well, yeah, but that, so, that's like mm-hmm. a...
2: He, he's just there for the promo of it, but like... I don't know. I feel like the Tony The the Iron Man Void, I think, is a great thing to explore. And I think it's mm-hmm. a great thing to explore within the superhero community. And I think it's a great thing to explore within the idea of people like... You know, like, like the one thing I will say about Justice League and Superman dying, I think they, you kind of felt the heaviness of like... Yeah, these people kind of saw this god, this character, and he's gone. Um, mm-hmm. And Tony Stark the same way. Uh, but I just felt like... It felt very, like, shoved in their face. Like, yo, Spider-Man, are you the new Tony Stark? Not only because it's that kind of weird, it's also fucking disrespectful as hell.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, you know,
2: when like when any person famous dies, nobody's like, are you the next this person? I'm like, what, yeah. what, what an asshole move to do. Like,
0: mm-hmm. it,
2: it felt like the story was trying to shove that in our face to make it an issue. Which I would have rather had them just progress through. Like, like yeah. have somebody mention Tony or have something with Tony and have someone kind of shy away from it. You know, like, mm-hmm. or have him, like, not be able to do... So. Like, have him not want it, Like, have him not wear the Iron Spider suit because it's too familiar.
1: Mm-hmm. But also, I also feel that the movie doesn't treat everyone going into, hey, you should be the next Tony Stark as a good thing. I oh, feel no. like uh, he's very much... Peter is... Well, not only Peter as a personal level is very... Overwhelmed by all of this but also I feel he's doesn't feel like he should be and I don't think that the movie's message should be oh, Tony or Peter should be the next Tony Stark aside from that one scene in the plane later on but that's a little bit more of a parallel I don't well I think that's part of the pressure
2: they're trying to put us into is the idea that
0: mm-hmm.
2: part of the story is supposed to be that he feels that pressure to become the new Tony Stark which is why he wants to go on mm-hmm. his vacation which is why he wants to get out uh, yeah but it just it felt very forced to me it felt like it could have been done okay. more, more naturally and part of me wonders is that cut scene, the, the scene that they cut that wasn't in it's in the trailer of him fighting the, those bad guys, could have pushed into that better. Mm-hmm. You know? Could have, like, showed him self-doubting more. Could have shown them, like... Could have shown interactions with the robbers where it kind of, like, shows him, like... I don't know, fucking up a little bit. Like, being out of practice and doing stupid shit because he's kind of mm-hmm. in a weird place currently. But we don't really yeah. see that. We don't see him making mistakes. All we get is... Your, your Peter Tingle's not here and it's like well it was never fucking there in the movies before so like uh-huh. great <laughs> um, I think that there, there just could have been other things like you know his ED with the with that is great it's you know it's a very typical Spider-Man thing to have him lose his powers and then come back to it later you know mm-hmm. but it just felt like a very um, I don't know it felt unearned it, it felt forced you yeah, said. It just yeah it, it uh-huh. felt like something important to t- talk about but just, it wasn't fleshed out
1: Gotcha. All right, gotcha. So, what do we want to jump into next then? Uh, let's, see. Um,
2: let's see. All right, yeah. So, just um, the story in general. Like, I don't know. What do you think about? What do you think about Mysterio? Um,
1: I like what they were trying to set up with, because really, in terms of antagonist and of how they can personally affect Peter having a surrogate father figure was the very safe but very right choice to go mm-hmm. with. Um, especially, I really like the bar scene where Peter and Mysterio sit down after destroying the last quote-unquote elemental and they just kind of talk back and forth and they talk about hero stuff because Peter doesn't really have anybody to talk to about this sort of thing anymore. Um, But they...
2: Did yes, you have no questions about why they were unmasked in the fucking middle of a city in a bar? They were sitting there, uh, both of them unmasked at a bar. Mhm. Which we learn why later, but Peter has no fucking idea.
1: Yeah. Um no Peter does not, but I also feel that Peter maybe Peter feels like he's a little bit smaller than the world cuz it's very easy, you know, we both travel the world and we both it's very easy to feel invisible in another place of the world. And maybe that's what Peter was thinking at the time, or maybe he just didn't care. I don't know, but yeah, yeah that's kind of that weird. Was, that was mm-hmm. like I don't know. That
2: was like yeah. that bar. That was like the one of the that bar scene has a few issues with me, but
1: yeah. gotcha. Uh, yeah, but in terms of Mysterio, I really I, I liked his plan. I liked how they brought Tony back in there because that again touches a personal a personal uh, nerve with Peter. In terms of oh, this is another person that Tony created or that Tony was inspired by or ruled by, and or not inspired by or ruled by, but someone who just negatively affected was negatively affected by Tony. And the little stuff here and there, like the one guy who developed the drones um, in the first Iron Man movie, who was talking to Obadiah Stane. I like how they brought that back in there. I like how they brought back the holographic technology from Civil War, where Tony's taking his therapy session. Um once again it 's all the interconnectedness of the m c u and I kind of do like that so, but what do you think of mysterio
2: like again, as a concept in the trailers, I loved him because again, I was mm-hmm. the same boat i 'm like, oh man like he 's a technology hero he um, he has a beard like Tony Stark has a beard like mm-hmm. um he 's you know kind of kind of a leader um you know he he kind of looks like it looks like the story's going to be about him and Peter and kind of developing that relationship and the father the kind of like Peter, you know, Peter, in his depression, in his grief, finds this person Mm -hmm. who kind of is his, like, his light post um, that he goes to to kind of, you know, bounce ideas off of, to feel safe again, to kind of flesh out these ideas he's having, these worries he's having. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously he's mysterious, so he's going to be a bad guy. But, like, you know, I was hoping that it would be a reveal of sorts. Um, Mm -hmm. And to me, I just felt like it was wasted. Like I, feel, it was a shame because I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal is an amazing actor. He does it, he does what he can with the, with the role, um, and I just feel like they even promote Mysterio so much. But in reality, he's not in the movie very much before he's revealed to be a bad guy, and they don't really do a lot of work to make him seem like he's a good guy or to make it seem like he isn't gonna fuck them over. Like I was kind of hoping to see like how they do it. And, like, literally as soon as they started talking, as soon as he mentioned the multiverse and stuff, I was like, oh, fuck, the multiverse isn't real. God damn it. Like, like, within, like, that one section of dialogue, I was like, shit. Uh-huh. Like, I was hoping that he was actually going to be a Mysterio from another world or something uh-huh. to do with multiverse. And I was just like, god damn it. Like, two minutes in, like, you could've, I could have believed uh-huh. it a little bit longer. But
1: I, I really do think, well, my biggest fear with the MCU right now is it's going to get to a point where it's just way, way, way too complicated for the average viewer to comprehend or to get into. Um, so I really hope they do stick to more small-scale movies, and I think bringing in the multiverse into the MCU is just going to be way too much for way too many people. Well, like, um,
2: I, 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 thought, I just thought like, like the multiverse would have been fine, and I thought like even the elementals could have been a real thing but mystery mm-hmm. Mysterio be somebody who on his planet was a bad guy popped into this universe and was like well here at least I can start myself over here but like you know yeah. still is a bad guy but like I'm using underhanded means, kind of like he is here to seem like a good guy but isn't necessarily malicious
0: mm-hmm.
2: like I think there are ways to do it to not have it be a big thing but still have it be like mm-hmm. an idea like or, you know bring in the multiverse a little bit um, yeah so like I don't know I was just I was hoping for more I don't know out of him like I gotcha with his character specifically I just felt like we have one scene of him and Peter aside from the bar scene talking and it's not even that good of a scene like I watched it I remember I watched it when it first came
1: we're talking about the rooftop, rooftop scene
2: when that, when that yep. scene first was because re- they released it online a little bit before I was kind of uh-huh. pumped for it and it was just it's very small it's not really which maybe is a sign of good writing because Mysterio is an a superhero but they're not really saying mm-hmm. a lot it's really just like I don't know if I want to be a superhero well that's your choice man mm-hmm. alright and then like in the bar I don't want to be a superhero well, that's your choice, man. All right. Like, that's, that's basically yeah. what it is. It's it's that. It's
1: maybe that if they cleared a little bit more of dialogue, like maybe he mimics something that Tony had said before, and, you know, it's very ham-fisted, but Peter could look up at him and say, ah, Tony used to say the same thing. Or, you or like, actually show them but fucking <laughs> working together.
2: Uh-huh. Like, the only scene we have of them working together is fighting the fire elemental. And they're not working together, they're doing separate things. It's just like, hey, kid, do this. All right. Like, nothing mm-hmm. in that scene gives us any like because like what I wanted is I wanted hero worship from Peter I wanted Peter to be desperate, show the desperation of him latching onto this character and show that relationship being something that is like you know very important to Peter gotcha. Like, and I don't think we got that I don't think we got any anything to make that relationship seem first like worthy of a, a betrayal as one might say or to make it worthy for him to give Edith to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, it felt very forced. It felt very much like, oh man, he is, he is, like, he believes in him and stuff. And it's like, no, he really shouldn't, though. Like, nothing makes us think that he needs to. <laughs> like, like, uh-huh. like again, yeah, maybe that's great writing in the sense that, like, you should be questioning it. You should be like, wow, Peter must be fucking desperate. Like, doesn't even give a shit about what's going on with this thing, does he? But, like, it just makes the story feel very weak. Mm hmm. Like, gotcha. I don't know. Did you feel that, um,. Do you like? I feel like a lot of this could have been corrected by giving more time with with um, Quentin Beck and Quentin and Peter are
1: developing their relationship between the two of yeah, them. Yeah,
2: like maybe have the maybe have mm-hmm. the villain reveal come like in the last quarter or third of the movie instead of halfway through it.
0: Because mm-hmm.
2: then I feel like then it was just let's see Jake all hamming up as a villain, which was great and fun to watch. Like his his fucking like uh, Steve Jobs speech where he's like, "And you mm-hmm. did this, and you did that." Like that was great. Like, it would have made a little bit more sense had he become some kind of CEO and not a guy who developed Barf and then got pissed off that he named it Barf, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a little bit of a weak motivation <laughs> um, in terms of the hating P- Tony, because all we really hear is he developed, he said that he developed Barf and he named it Barf, and I was pissed, and he was like, fuck you, get out of here. Like, that, that's,
1: oh, I think it was more than that. I think it was the fact that Tony didn't really proceed with the technology. He decided, well, yeah, this is a cool technology, but we're not going to utilize it for anything except for my one therapy session right but, there. That's all we
2: got. So then came Civil uh-huh. War, and then Infinity War. But, you know, they didn't have enough time. I don't have time.
0: Well,
1: yeah, like, uh-huh. like realistically, well, they used it in Civil War, as 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 but as beyond that, not much so much.
2: Like, and I guess he had time to like brood over the five years between uh, Infinity War and Game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I just felt like. I felt like had that been pushed back and had Evil Jake not been there as long, and they, mm-hmm. like, I think I told you this earlier, like I would have really much preferred some bargaining. Like, uh, I think, well, I guess we can talk about that later, but like, and I, I would have just preferred more of a relationship between the two of them. Or at least more of a mm-hmm. presence where we see Peter grieving over Tony Stark to then make that dependence more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it, at the end of Endgame, there is a great, um, you know, there's that little emotional scene with the Love You 3000 thing with the hologram. Yeah. And what I was thinking, which would have been really... Like, what what I kept thinking about is, like, in this movie, like, I kept thinking that something that would reveal because people kept saying, like, you know, how will Tony be in this movie? And I kept thinking, like, well, what if, like... What if part of Tony's exile, part of Tony on the Magellan, or the fuck that name, the Mel- M- Magellan? What are the name of that... Um, the prison? The ship that he's on at, um, mm-hmm. in Endgame at the beginning? Well, like, because I'm thinking, like, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah, I don't remember like, the Like, he would melano I don't know I feel like it's the name of that cookie what's that cookie so it's an M melano uh
1: melano oh, okay anyway let me uh, no fuck yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's the cookie ship wait like, <laughs> the cookie ship, cookie yep. ship. Like, he's on the cookie ship and he's doing that in the letter pepper right he's, he's in uh-huh. a suit I would have loved to have along with these fucking glasses that he gets some messages from Tony that he recorded after the death of his surrogate son and like or in those five years where he you know bears himself to Peter, theoretically, like, you know, has like conversations with Peter who's not there being like, hey, like, hey, Peter, like, you know, like, hey, kid, like, this is going on to me. This is what's happening right to me right now. And I'm like talking to you because I'm grieving over you and I feel mm-hmm. responsible for your death. Like, and have those kind of files, those recordings come out. Like, that would have been a great way to kind of push Peter in more in the direction of seeing that grief, seeing it's giving him an impetus to act more rashly. Like mm-hmm. have these scenes of of Tony like in maybe programmed into Edith, like recordings. Like, you know, he'd ask, like, hey Edith, did Tony ever say anything about me? And then like pull up recordings of like Edith, you know, automatically recording shit Tony's saying while he has his glasses on or something. Like gotcha. files related to Peter that he could pull up. Some mm-hmm. some way to bring Tony into it to make him feel present in the story and make him feel impactful. Just because I I didn't feel like that was there. And then I think that would also push more towards Peter latching on to um, Beck the way he did, or Mm -hmm. that he didn't, but he should (laughs) have.
1: But at the other time, too, I mean, Peter, or not Peter, uh, Tony was obviously a huge character in the MCU, and his impact was felt everywhere, but the whole story of grief and how Peter moves on from it, having Tony come on back... Even if it's in a holographic form or a message form or whatever it is, I, I feel that would cheapen it a little bit because it's really Peter and how he has to learn how to deal with this and how he has to move. What,
2: what, but but I don't I don't mean Peter yeah. I don't mean Peter uh, I don't know I don't mean Peter. How did I say this? I don't mean Tony Stark encouraging him. Almost the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like you know okay this is what I would like he gets Edith right yes get the Edith. Doesn't feel like he deserves it. Opens it up. Has Edith, or somehow finds out that there are files that Tony has relating to him. And he refuses to look at them. Because he feels guilty, he feels he doesn't deserve it. Alright? Won't watch them. Won't hear anything about it. Alright? Then, after everything goes down, when he's fighting with, uh, you know, he gets, gets Mysterio and shit, gets beat up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happens. And then at some point... He's
1: lying on the bottom of the Thames River. Yeah, at some point he
2: gets them back. And then he like he has to kind of confront it. Like, you know, he gives that speech. Like, you know, tonal, um, Happy gives him that speech about how, like, you know, he didn't want you to be the next him. He wanted you to be yourself because he thinks you're good. Like, I, mean, I think that's a great speech. I just felt like... Like, that speech was great. That was a great emotional speech. But the build-up to it, like, the problem it was supposed to solve didn't feel as present. And I think having the aftermath of that, the just the end of the movie, him listening to the thing, kind of coming to terms with Tony's death, that would be a sign of him coming to terms Mm -hmm. with it, like acceptance, listening, watching the video of Tony actually being dead, and understanding that, and like hearing what he says, I think would have been meaningful.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think. I think. I think they should have included less father figure for the stereo and more father figure with Happy, because Happy was a bro this entire movie. Yeah,
2: Happy was great. Like, I agree. (laughs) But I don't know. I would have, I would have liked father figure of uh, Mysterio. Like, I feel like I think I've told you this before. Like I would, mm-hmm. I would have loved Mysterio in this movie to have been Doc Ock from the PS4 game, where they have mm-hmm. a relationship, they're friends. He, he obviously admires him. He, you know, he has flaws. We can see he has flaws. He's kind of weird. And then when they have to fight, it's hard for Peter. Like that's part of what I hate about this is it wasn't hard for Peter to fight. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal at all. It wasn't hard for him to fight mm-hmm. and steer at all. I feel like it was harder for yeah, him to he fight he realized he
1: was him. betrayed and he was just like, no, I'm going to go out to kick some yeah, ass. Yeah, like, yeah,
2: it's literally like, it's like that the fucking revelation where he's just like, oh shit, I fucked up. I gave him like, I gave him like, essentially like tactical nukes, like theoretically like, mm-hmm. which again, I don't know why the fuck he gave that to a child. Like, I, yeah. I, I think the government <laughs> has questions about this giant satellite up, up, in the, up in like space that has all these... Like thousands upon thousands of drones that can come out and have lasers and uh-huh. missiles and shit. Like that's that's a different question. That's a whole different no problem. I,
1: I feel in this world they kind of. I mean, especially after the events of Civil War and how that all ended. I feel that the superheroes have a lot of autonomy. No,
2: Civil War was the opposite. Mm-hmm. Civil War ended with mm-hmm. Civil War ended with them losing,
1: Tony winning. But guess where did that get them? That got them with uh, Infinity War, with half the world's population getting snapped. So I feel, and especially after the five years since the snap. I I feel that a lot of governments and Especially after Captain America returned In Infinity War And they did make a reference of saying Oh, you know, Cap, you're out of prison now We're going to have to recapture you And Captain's like, no, we're not doing that I I got the impression that Tony may have won the battle in that movie But Captain really won the war
2: Yeah, but like would the government allow him to put, like, the government's worried about superheroes and doing what they wanted to, and then Tony Stark has, like, a billion fucking drones. It's like, fuck you, I'm Tony Stark. <laughs> like, li- like, okay, anyway, like, that that's a huge issue. Like, yeah. as, as much as, like, uh-huh. I think it was a great thing for Tony to pass on, again, I think that the device should have been the videos or something like that, uh-huh. and just, you know, not even have Edith be part of the story, because so many questions arrive with Edith, where you're just like, like i would not trust peter it's like fuck it. like tony stark does not have the right to give a kid like you don't give a fuck, fuck somebody just a gun you don't have the right to give them <laughs> billions of drones like i get it that like um you know they're worried about uh you know he's like oh i don't want to give a tone to uh fucking nick fury because he might use it for the wrong reasons it's like yeah but like mm-hmm. he's a fucking kid like give it to fucking yeah. captain america if you want it to be...
1: Like, well, they're going with the whole Charlie Bucket sort of thing where they don't want to give it to an adult because, you know, the kids are the only ones that are pure bullshit. of heart.
2: <laughs> give, it to, give it to Captain America. Because the thing is, that means that he he came up with this idea. He came up with this idea of fucking giving these glasses to Peter when Peter was fucking snapped and disappeared. Peter was not non-existent when he gave him these glasses because he he came back right before he died. So Edith was yep. programmed to go to Peter before when Peter was fucking dead. Or before that, at least. <laughs> Before a Thanos attacked, which I'm means assuming, yeah. that as far as Tony knew, Captain America was still a young, wild, frisky little being—the most loyal uh-huh. man on earth, which he even admits in Civil War—and <laughs> he gives it to a teenager uh-huh. who makes a lot of stupid decisions. As Tony realized in the first Homecoming movie, and uh-huh. he's still developing. Like, for... yep. God damn it, Edith is just a problem.
1: I don't know. I feel like if he had given it to... Captain America. Captain America would not have taken it. Captain America would have been like, "No, that's way too much power." I, I, I I've been through World War One. I, I know how. Or World War Two. That's way too much for one person. It needs to be destroyed and fine. Uh huh.
2: Like yeah. But do you think Peter would use it? Do you think Peter would would, would make the, the make the call to nuke or like send drones after people? Uh huh. Like, like like it doesn't match Peter's character at all. Like fucking give it to Bucky. Bucky, there we go. Bucky is the Bucky's uh-huh. the man. Give it to Bucky. Bucky is fine killing people Tony knows <laughs> there we go or like fucking Falcon or War Machine uh-huh. to, War Machine is a general in the army War Machine is the best person to give this to like what the fuck any, okay anyway anyway uh-huh. what, what are we gotcha. talking about
1: anyway, okay. I don't know man I think uh, any closing thoughts on Far From Home
2: make Mysterio a better father figure make it sad when he has to fight him and kill him and you would have had a better movie.
1: What about that end credit scene, though?
2: That end credit scene was amazing.
1: That was the best. I, I loved that- both of the end credit scene. I, it's, it's, I'm really excited to see where they're going to shake up Peter's character. Because, again, that whole part that he's not respected is a huge, huge part of Spider-Man's character. So I'm glad that they're finally putting that back in.
2: But I'm curious, though. Like, What do you think's going to happen with that?
1: Like, What's the know. outcome of this? I honestly don't. I honestly don't. I, I have a feeling that after the events of Endgame, superheroes are just going to be splintered all over the place. There's not going to be one huge, oh, these are... I, I, I'm kind of expecting the Ghostbusters too, where, yeah, these superheroes did save the world at one point, but now there's they're all over the place. Some are good, some are kind of dicks, some are back and forth, and I could easily see a society where Peter is just completely disrespected and unappreciated, even though he tries to... Oh, spin. no,
2: I, I mean the fact that people know who he is. Hmm? Oh, yeah. What, what's going to happen um, to that? Because, like, that happened in the comics. He reveals himself in Civil mm-hmm. War, but then that One yeah. More Day comic happened, and Nephisto, like, undid all that shit.
1: Oh, yeah, and everyone loved that, that right? great. That
0: great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember it was, like, on the top ten list of everyone. Oh, man. Sorry, I can't be sarcastic anymore. It's going to kill me. Um... Yeah, it's okay. So let's think about it right now. Who wants Peter dead? Uh, Vulture is in prison. Doesn't want Peter dead though.
2: Vulture mm-hmm. doesn't want.
1: Doesn't want Peter dead. Um, yep. Scorpion does. Scorpion does. Um, because there really haven't been too many Spidey villains in the MCU. Well, just no, but yet.
2: anybody who wants to hurt Tony or wants to, like, you know, all of Tony's villains theoretically, mm-hmm. if if we're to believe that he's the next Tony Stark, and everyone knows that shit, like he's mm-hmm. the next target. Like mm-hmm. any, like. Just, like, Aunt May and all them, like, oh, shit, maybe they'll kill off Mary Jane. Damn, yeah. Like, Ooh, and go with thanks. one of these other love interests, finally. Like, again, like, I think Zendaya does a great job. I actually really like the relationship. I just hate the her that they, they depend on Mary Jane as, as a crux. Like, yeah, I hate that.
1: No, that's one thing I want to touch on, too, is just I really liked MJ's character in this movie. Um, the first one, it was... She was kind of like an Ally Sheedy in Breakfast Club, yeah. and I wasn't a huge fan of her character. Like, I like the actress. I've known the actress for a while. She's great, but... I, I didn't like her character too much in Homecoming, but this one she's a lot more vulnerable. She's a lot more less sure-footed in her crush on Peter and everything that's been going on between those two. And I felt like it brought an extra dimension to the character that I really appreciated. I agree. I, I thought
2: that they made her a little bit less of like a character. I think in the first one she was very much a one-note character. Um, yeah, she like she in a this one, she's a fun A little more rounded. She's one note.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, But yeah, like I, like I don't know, like if they're gonna like threaten like the lives of them, like if, like, what's going to happen with, with them knowing that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And do people mm-hmm. care? Like, like I guess now, I guess this movie made Spider-Man a bigger person. But in the past, I think mean, people really cared.
0: hmm
1: Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, was there are bigger, you know, when the Spider-Man films, uh, you know, Sam Raimi, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man's the only superhero. Whereas in the MCU, there are bigger targets for these villains to hit. So maybe he'll fall by the wayside. I'm sure, I mean, obviously, it's going to have some sort of repercussions for him, but maybe it's not going to be his biggest
2: deal you know, what but... I'm secretly hoping for
1: love yes. Tom Holland love it
2: but you know the last time Peter Parker's identity was revealed in the Ultimate Comics like eight superheroes villains showed up at his house and beat the shit out of him and killed him and yep. you know it would be
1: great Miles came out oh ah, yeah
2: like wouldn't that be sick mm-hmm. have Have Tom Holland be... go down by getting the shit beaten out of him like <laughs> but like you know they haven't introduced Norman Audubon or any of these big villains yet so they're probably not going to happen yeah, But holy mm-hmm. crap, would that be amazing! Yeah, holy crap,
1: that would be a huge subversion, and that would be extremely. Because it, it's the, it's the yeah.
2: last picture in the, in the Sony through picture deal,
1: uh huh. You no, know? that is true, uh, and we're not sure what's going on there. Maybe they're still figuring that out, but uh, including Miles in there somehow, that would be amazing, too. Like,
2: and do you think, um, Mysterio's dead?
1: Um, no, I don't believe so. I believe he is a trickster, and I believe his death scene really didn't quite convince me 100%. Um, I, I think it's one of those where the producers or the writers wrote it intentionally so it could go either way depending on where they want to take this. Because
2: like, I figure the only other thing that I could think that they're setting up is what they've been trying to set up forever with Sony, which is the Sinister Six, and revealing Peter's yeah. identity is definitely a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that by doing that, they could then have Mysterio, Vulture, um, Shocker. I
1: know Shocker because
2: we've seen Shocker, we've seen Mysterio, we've seen mm-hmm. Vulture, we've seen Shocker, we've seen um, the Tinkerer, we've seen. Yeah, you know, they, they could bring Doc Ock into it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, I think they, they could. That could be where we're going with this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so maybe that will be the, the plan. Like I don't know. Like, do you think that um, think they're, gonna, they're gonna bring in um, Otto? Not Otto. Sorry, uh, well, Otto. Maybe in the future. Octavius. Uh, so, I'm, th- I'm actually thinking uh, Green Goblin.
1: Green Goblin. I mean, eventually, yes. I really hope they don't, though, because, like, yeah, he is the quintessential Spider-Man villain, and he, everyone loves him. But I feel he's been done. Yeah, I really do, and I, I, I want to go see. I want to see the MCU explore other things, like. The Vulture in the first uh, Homecoming, I thought they did a great job with you know putting a new spin on that character and bringing him into the world. Like, so
2: what I feel like the one thing that reason I think that he might come up is like if you think about it, like in terms of Mysterio and Vulture, they're not really big villains. Like Mysterio is kind of big, I guess, but like with this vacuum left by Tony Stark, like uh-huh. Osborn is a huge corporation can move right into the Stark Tower. You know, like who would come in to fill that gap? But a multimillionaire mm-hmm. developer, like yep. that's what I feel is going to happen, and I I feel like that's going to happen, and I feel like they could they could the way they, the way they create, could transition into um, Green Goblin would be kind of similar to Mysterio, like having to be like, hey, not only am I a tech genius, but I can be made some fucking superhero too, and have the Green Goblin be born from that, like, make the Green Goblin be born mm-hmm. as a hero, and then, you know, become a villain. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see that happening. Um, gotcha. So I, would, I would, I don't know. Part of me, like, with, with the Flash or Flash in this, part of me is hoping that someday the Flash will end up being an Osborn, but I guess we already know his name, so that won't really
1: work. Do so
2: they would call mm-hmm. him Flash Thompson in this?
1: Uh, no, I don't believe so. They just call him Flash. So, Let me... It would almost pull, 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 pull be cool if he ended but...
2: up... I thought he might be the Harry character. Like, mm-hmm. because, like, he's a dick, but I thought maybe him and Peter could develop. Because I do like how in this movie they do kind of hint at... At like, Flash's home life and how the fact that he's kind of lonely and his parents don't care for him. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was great, I, but I hope they do something with it. I hope they're not just... Because part mm-hmm. of the thinks they're making it as a joke, which is, like, don't do that. Like, if you're going to develop yeah. him this way, that's awesome, but please develop
1: him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, the MCU has been pretty good about that, about sowing these little seeds here and there and actually following up on them. Because so. they can
2: always do, like, the, the Ultimate Universe version where the symbiotes are, like, developed to cure cancer within Oscorp, mm-hmm. and then to have that be how yeah. Flash gets it. Like skip the Venom arc and just go like you know, or maybe even have um you know, I guess now that Joan, Joan in it, they might actually bring in um Eddie in the Daily Bugle. But if they don't, they could always yeah. have just go straight to Flash and have him start off as Venom, the bad Venom and then mm-hmm. eventually turn into Venom Space Knight or Venom a Soldier Venom, Asian Venom. be kind of sick. I don't know.
1: Could be, yeah. Alright. Awesome. Alright then well uh thank you so much for listening to this experimental episode uh, and we will catch you next time yeah bye